Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David, accompanied by my friend Jordan. So it's just like we predicted last week, David. Oh. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> uh, had a trailer for the new generation this week. And we, we called it last week that this week would be the <laughs> week that we would get Pokemon news. Right. We did think that there was going to be a whole Pokemon Presents, but this was just a trailer. So, I mean, it's still new. So I, I still count that as a win for us. <laughs> yeah, I guess it really just means that there's not really any other Pokemon projects coming out this year. And I don't I can't think of anything coming out this year off the top of my head. Uh, they haven't announced the new Detective Pikachu, which is the one that's always on the back burner of like the rumor mill and all that. But right. And also, we haven't gotten an update to Pokemon Sleep in so long that I think that project is dead. Yeah. So this is basically all the news we would have gotten anyway. Uh, as far as the generation go, it, it went exactly like we said it would. <laughs> uh, the trailer would go, um, which likely means either next week or the week after is a is the June direct for Nintendo because they're clearly following their typical June release schedule for directs. Right. And they will likely give some kind of overview of the information that was revealed today. Maybe they'll give us a titch bit more gameplay mechanics, but I'm not counting on it. More like, oh yeah, by the way, you if you missed out, here are the legends. And they might potentially, since Nintendo, I believe, publishes the games, uh, they might announce the dual pack next week. That's kind of my thought for if they're going to announce anything else. Yeah. So uh, the discussion this week is going to be entirely about the uh, trailer for the new Pokemon generation. It's new Pokemon generation. So there's plenty to talk about. It's a big event. Uh, We get new generation roughly every three years. Everything's just on schedule and just following how things normally go. Um, Just a quick overview of what like happened in the trailer. It did what, you the first overview of a trait of a generation trailer usually does where they just they're just like oh remember these starters that we showed last time well now here's the rival here's like the first three pokemon you find in the first route here's a quick little tease to the gimmick that's going to be in the game and here's the box legends with the uh the covers of the game that way we can throw it up on gamestop for um pre-orders yeah exactly and it, the runtime was only like three minutes and like six seconds or something. So it was not very long at all. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there was a lot of information still packed into there, especially considering this was our second trailer. Yeah. Though there were a few things missing um, compared to the Sword and Shield second trailer. Um, we did not get the region's new name, which I was honestly surprised. Yeah, they haven't even confirmed like what area of the world it's based off of. Like everyone knows it's Spain at this point, but it's still not confirmed. Right. I mean, we still have all of that evidence of the map of the Iberian Peninsula shown in the very first trailer, as well as all sorts of like regional features that seem to indicate it's Spain, including a lot of the cathedrals and other things that are seen in buildings. But yeah, they haven't said, yeah, by the way, this is absolutely 100% based on Spain. (laughs) Either way, uh, I do think that there was quite a bit of good stuff that was revealed. And yeah, I guess we could just go ahead and start talking about some of the new things that were included. Like, and when it comes to gameplay, though this wasn't explicitly stated in the trailer, it was revealed on the Pokemon's website afterwards. The entire world is open and progression is not linear anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm really interested to see how this will work, because 
we're likely going to have gyms again. Gyms aren't confirmed yet, but it's looking like where they showed a uh, traditional Pokemon stadium that we're going to it, battling is going to be a big focus in this game like normal. So maybe it'll progress similar to how some of the anime has done it in the past where like I believe it was Pokemon Origins where Red shows up to Brock's gym and Brock's like, oh, you don't have any badges yet. So your difficulty curve is at this point. So I'll use these two Pokemon for this fight. And so the gym fights will probably scale depending on how far you are in the game. Which I can't believe Game Freak is finally doing that. (laughs) Like (laughs) after how linear Sword and Shield were, this feels like such a breath of fresh air. And I really hope that it's executed well. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Another big thing that they showed in the trailer is that multiplayer is going to be a pretty big focus in this game where up to three friends are going to be able to come to your world and just play in your world. It it won't be. If I remember right, Sword and Shield, they weren't in your world, right? You just had to all show up at the same spot to go fight the Pokemon. Yeah. So in Sword and Shield, the multiplayer was basically limited to you connect online, you go to a raid den, you enter the raid den and you say, I want to open this up to the internet. And you could either enter a code or just let anybody that's connected to the internet just join the raid. And that was pretty much it, including like the same basic thing with Dynamax Adventures. Though, if you were connected to the internet while running around the wild area, there were like I call them ghosts because you can't really interact (laughs) with them, but like other players with their outfits and bikes and stuff would be like running around uh, whatever they were actually doing in their own games. Like you could literally see them turning, making curves. Sometimes they'd stop dead in the grass and you're like, oh, they must have run into an encounter or something. So this is definitely a step above that. Yeah, they function a lot similar to the ghosts in Elden Ring or the FromSoft games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one, they 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 are they're just straight up in your world, which begs the question of like, how much range do they have? They they can't just run off to the legendary and catch it before you, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> the the way that it's going to work is going to be weird because, I mean the like Pokemon encounters are also seamless. So what happens if you see a shiny on your screen? Does that just mean that your friend can run and take it from you instead of you getting it or something? Like oh yeah, I I don't know. Great. <laughs> Or is everyone going to be able to see their own encounters generated by the game so that it's not like you're all seeing the exact same world, but you're all together? I don't know. They haven't shown us enough of the gameplay mechanics to really understand how it's going to work. I think it will definitely be a really good change, though. It'll definitely like make me more interested to play online with people. And since Nintendo's making money off of online subscriptions, I'm sure they pressured for more online features. Oh, I'm sure. Especially since Sword and Shield honestly had like the fewest amount of uh, online features since the 3DS era. Like (laughs) uh, no wonder trading really, or even the global trade system. (laughs) Battling was just match up with somebody or go into like the battle stadium. Anyway, like this is so much more online than we've ever had in a Pokemon game before. And it looks really interesting. It's a bit of a shame that it's not full MMO. Yeah, but I'll I'll still take four people. Uh, The big question is, will randos be able to like invade your world or something? A.K. like the Dark Souls games. That would be pretty nice where (laughs) you can just straight up invade people's worlds and force them into a battle. That would honestly be so cool. (laughs) Just running around and just crushing people with your own team of, you know, well, they'd likely have to like match you up against people at your same 
party level. Yeah, that's fair. But you could definitely like prey on people who are trying to run back to the Pokemon Center and then just <laughs> uh, end their Nuzlocke. Oh, that would be so awful if you're a Nuzlocke runner, though. But it would also be such a fun challenge. That'd be so cool. Um, I've seen some speculation that the new Pokemon centers, uh, since they seem to be scattered all over this new like open world kind of field area, that that might be the place where you initiate the four player stuff where it's not just like, you know, you press the X button and opens up a magic menu where you can then invite people, but they have to like travel into your game through the Pokemon center, kind of like old games used to, uh, handle trading and stuff. I don't know if that's entirely true, but I'm a bit worried that it's going to behave like a really large open area or wild area like in Sword and Shield where the towns are still separated from the wild areas and you can't have like friends enter into that. And all the multiplayer stuff is exclusively or it's exclusively just for the wild area, basically. And the wild area is just way larger and doesn't have different zones. Right. They didn't mention anything about story progression and such in the little tiny paragraph they gave us on the official website. Like they mentioned, you can explore new Pokemon and new areas, but they didn't specifically mention any of that other stuff. So, yeah, I I can see them limiting that, which is kind of a shame. It's like, oh, you can't enter the town. Sorry, they all have to leave. And then they just immediately disappear as you go fight the gym or something. I don't know. Yeah. And a lot of people were speculating before this trailer that it would have a lot of similarities to the RCS game. And it doesn't look like that's the case. It's just traditional Pokemon gameplay, traditional fights and traditional catching mechanics. We don't know if there's wild or random wild encounters yet. It They, pro- they probably have axed that and it's, everything is just initiated in the open world. But other than that, it's traditional Pokemon, right. which is fine. I like traditional Pokemon like Arceus was great, but there there was a certain level of depth that traditional Pokemon has that Arceus was kind of missing on. Exactly. Such as like items and abilities. Oh, yeah. Items and abilities being the big thing, as well as like just the standard. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, uh, like the standard um, like status conditions, even like. All that stuff was kind of just missing from Legends Arceus. I will say, though, that it does look like wild battles are seamless transitions. So no more crazy music with a black screen. (laughs) Yeah. So that's nice. Um, The battles can happen anywhere. And the backgrounds look like they're more basically the backgrounds in the actual game. Right, exactly. It's a bit more engine. So it's possible that that mechanic from Legends Arceus has remained where, you know, you run into a Pokemon and you can just start a battle and then it just happens right there with the wild Pokemon rather than a whole transition to a like separate dimension (laughs) for the battles. But beyond that, uh, given the way that the Pokeball was thrown, we saw the critical catch animation where like the Pokeball soars really fast and then it hits the Pokemon and then shakes in the air for a second, falls down and does one big shake to confirm it was caught. That's a critical catch if it only shakes once and does that animation. So it makes it seem like they've gone back to that original catching mechanic, like Jordan said. That That's the evidence that we have for that anyway. It, it is kind of a bummer. Like one of the funnest things about Arceus was just sneaking up on Pokemon and smacking them with a Pokeball or hitting them in the face a million times with sticky globs and then hitting them in the back with a Pokeball. Like those are kind of my favorite ways to catch Pokemon in Arceus. And it's kind of a shame that 
at least for now, it doesn't look like any of that's in the game. Maybe as you progress, you unlock that ability. Like, oh, you're strong enough that you understand how Pokemon work, so you can just throw a Pokeball, but I doubt it. It makes it look like Arceus definitely was an experiment. So we might see more Arceus stuff show up in Generation 10, but uh, the this game seems to have been made entirely independent of Arceus. And so we're just not going to see many advancements from Arceus into this game, which I'm still hopeful that we get. Um, oh, I forgot the name of it. I think it was Frostbite. I really hope ice types get Frostbite. Um, yeah, th- there are some things, uh, th- some minor things from Arceus that I would like to transition over to Generation 9. But since we're not seeing much or, or anything at all so far, it's likely we're just not going to ever see anything go from Arceus over. Yeah, which is such a huge shame, honestly. And I think that's going to hurt this game's perception to a lot of people because I know that a lot of people played Legends Arceus because they saw how different it was and how much it strayed from the original formula. They're like, oh, wow, Game Freak actually made a fresh Pokemon game. And so taking away a lot of the mechanics that made it so enjoyable for these people might end up hurting it in the long run. Though I can't say for sure because we don't know enough at this point to really be able to speculate on that front. So moving on from gameplay, uh, graphics, I'm kind of not a huge fan of. So they look clean. It looks better than Sword and Shield. You don't have an N64 tree. I looked at all the trees. I spent a lot of time looking at the trees in this game. (laughs) Well, Um. (laughs) there is one tree. It's like an orchard tree where it's like literally just sitting on top of like ugly looking dirt there's like no root system that's the one tree that kind of bugs me but anyway you can continue (laughs) i love how much we like fixate on trees in pokemon (laughs) but um the character models man so much of this game it's definitely high res right like very high res textures it just looks too clean it feels like a free-to-play mobile game, sort of like Pokemon Go <laughs> with its art style. But the art style is better than Pokemon Go's because Pokemon Go's yeah. avatars look awful. <laughs> um, so I kind of think this might be running on the same graphics engine as Pokemon Snap because Pokemon Snap, it had a lot of similarities to how this game looks. But in Pokemon Snap, it was it was fine because the whole point of that was to make like photorealistic pictures of Pokemon as you're zooming by them. And you weren't as focused on NPCs and all that. And in this one, man, a lot of the personality looks like has been stripped away from the NPCs. Right. They no longer have that anime type look that has kind of become a staple of Pokemon in the last few years. Uh, I know we had a lot of chibi based artwork and the sprites are really hard to get that kind of style to come through in the 3D models. But it was really solidified in Sun and Moon and it carried through for so long. You know, they even continued it somewhat in Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And it's honestly a shame to see that they've removed that more stylistic version of characters. Uh, I don't know. They, they look a lot less like Pokemon characters to me. But what's really funny to me is that the official art of the characters looks more in line with the original Pokemon art style. It's just the way they've translated that into new models. Just it looks off. (laughs) Yeah. And in my opinion, if they're going to get rid of the anime style altogether, um, I would have liked for them to go like full on because the box is the box legends on the on the box art. There's still the anime style. Right. And it's really the only anime stuff that still is in 
in the whole game. And I would have liked it if they went the extra step and just said, all right, we're getting rid of the anime stuff anyway. Let's replace these with Ken Sugimori's uh, traditional watercolor style from Generation 1. Yeah, that would have been I think that would have been a good callback, but whatever. Yeah, I know they go for those like more filled in color, non watercolor digital art stuff for Pokemon renders now because that's been the standard since Gen 3. But it would have been really cool to to see the new Pokemon in the new style, though. It makes me wonder if Game Freak feels like they can't go back in that direction simply because they'd have to recolor every official render of a Pokemon in that style. And at this point, there are, what, like 600 of them that have never been drawn in that original watercolor style. So maybe that effort just isn't worth it to them. I don't know. Maybe. I was just thinking just for the box art, though. Well, uh, yeah, for the box art, that would have been really quite cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, graphics aside, like, I think that it looks fine. Uh, we also have to consider that there are a couple of layers of, um, compression when it comes to uploading a YouTube video and this game was, or at least this trailer, the footage was probably recorded on a more alpha internal build where the marketing department was like, Oh, Hey, can you send us some footage so that we can make a trailer that needs to be released in like three months? And so they made the build, had a freestyle camera, tried to make some good looking shots and then sent that video over. That video then gets rendered and compressed and then uploaded to YouTube, which further compresses it because, you know, the Internet. And anyway, I think that's potentially one of the reasons why people are like, it looks so muddy in this way. And it's really hard to make out any detail in the larger or farther away shots. So I imagine that when we have the game in our actual hands or even as we get closer, more and more of it will look better and more refined and polished. But anyway, I I just wanted to bring that up because sometimes people are like, oh, my gosh, it looks awful and it's going to forever be awful when, you know, we're still months away from its release. There's still time for polish. And anyway, yeah, I mean, it looks fine. It looks fine. It just I feel like they've taken away a lot of the personality by making taking away the stylisticness of Pokemon. And it just feels like an Unreal Engine asset flip almost. <laughs> but whatever. It's still high res. It'll be fine. <laughs> what really matters is how the game runs. Yes, I agree. If the game went for this new style and is chugging at like 15 frames per second, then I will really complain. <laughs> Uh, so a- anyway, I think it looks good. It does make me appreciate Legends Arceus more, though. Honestly, yeah, the characters in Legends Arceus all look really great. They had that original style. And even though a lot of the ground textures and grass and stuff don't look that great, I don't know. It still had personality. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if there's really anything else to be said about the graphics. I'm sure we'll be no. a little bit more nitpicky as we get closer to release. Um, we also got a bit of news about the sound. Uh, Toby Fox made one of the tracks. I think it's just one track. No, he actually replied to the message and said that there are more tracks that he wrote that are coming. Oh, there's more than one track. Yeah. Okay. It's just that he was only allowed to talk about the one. Yes, because it was played very briefly. I can't isolate it because the (laughs) the trailer music is weird, but he did come out on Twitter and said, hey, I wrote the field theme for this game. So one of the themes that we will hear the most, because it's likely the like regular grasslands type music, was written by Toby Fox, the creator of Undertale, which that's insane. He has written for Pokemon before, 
He wrote a battle tower song for Sword and Shield. And he also wrote, I believe, the majority of Little Town Hero, the other game that Game Freak released on Switch that nobody played. It still blows my mind that he's making official Nintendo music now Uh, because he started off making ROM hacks for Earthbound. And that's where Megalovania came from. And now Megalovania is in Smash Bros. So it's the most recognition any ROM hack fan has gotten from Nintendo. I think. Yeah, for real. It's absolutely insane. I'm looking forward to the game soundtrack. I typically really like Pokemon soundtrack. I know a lot of people thought that the Sword and Shield soundtrack wasn't as memorable as past games, and I I agree with that, but I still really enjoyed it. And just knowing that Toby Fox influenced a lot of the music and wrote some of it is just, oh, this is going to be so good. Also, we got to finally hear the cries for uh, the starters and a couple of the new Pokemon that were released that we'll talk about. And they sound pretty cute, you know, just like regular Pokemon cries. I just thought it was kind of interesting that we got to hear them because we didn't in the last trailer. We also got some new Pokemon. Um, We got basically three new Route 1 Pokemon and the box art legendaries, like we said earlier. we got the Pikachu clone, which apparently your rival has. Uh, we got the Route 1 mammal, uh, so replacing Rotata, basically, which is a pig, Lechonk. <laughs> and then we also got an early grass type, which is Smoliv, which I don't like Smoliv, <laughs> but I think it has a good name. I'm just really worried because like, it looks like the kind of Pokemon that's going to turn into this generation's Lilligant, and man, the internet is awful. Oh, yeah, they are pretty bad. Um, you forgot to mention the name of the Pikachu clone. It's Pommy. Uh, just just so that's out there. But anyway, Smoliv, I think, looks quite cute. Uh, but I am very nervous. Uh, some people are joking that because it's an olive and we're in Europe, that its evolution is going to just be an olive oil bottle. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's really cute. You know, it's just a little small little olive. And yeah, it's a nice little grass Pokemon. It's a grass normal type, which is really cool. The only other Pokemon that I could find that has that same typing is the Deerling and Sawsbuck family. So it's kind of cool to see a pretty rare uh, typing be put in such an early game Pokemon that you can get. Um, Pommy was just raw electric, I believe, and Lechonk is just normal. So yeah. there you go. Lechonk is just straight up the Rattata of this game, which that's the one everyone's talking about the most, mostly because Lechonk is a pretty good name <laughs> let's be honest um and it's pretty cute but. right it's like this game's uh wooloo you know everyone went nuts over wooloo for sword and shield right so. <laughs> yeah i don't think i'm going to have any of these on my team so it's whatever i mean if small lives evolution ends up being pretty cool it might be the grass type that i keep but i've never been one to use pikachu clones or the route one mammal <laughs> But what's really cool is that uh, these Pokemon, along with uh, the starters, Fuecoco, Sprigatito, and uh, Quaxley, except for, I guess, Smoliv, they all are very clearly based on animals, which hasn't really been done too much when it comes to like the first set of Pokemon that are revealed at the very least. Like The starters are usually all based off of animals, and the Galar starters certainly were. But it's nice to really see like this is a pig and not like some weird pig hybrid that has fire coming out of its nostrils or, <laughs> or something like that. You know, uh, it's just a nice like, honestly, I feel like it's more of a callback to Gen 1, kind of like you were saying about the potential box art change, you know, just a little bit more simple Pokemon designs. And in that way, I know some people are like, these don't feel like Pokemon to me. And 
in, in a way they don't. But you also have to remember that there's this really weird effect with Pokemon where whenever a new one's revealed, nobody really sees them as Pokemon until like a few days have passed after everyone sees the art or something. So anyway, I am surprised that we haven't got the route one bird yet. That's usually an early Pokemon reveal. I guess that'll be the first one they reveal in uh, July when we start getting weekly news updates of Pokemon. I hope it's cool. Um, I did. We did also notice that these three Pokemon that were revealed were all like kind of cute small ones from Route 1, where in the past, I think they revealed some of the cooler looking ones from Sword and Shield, you know, to be like, this game is cool. But these Pokemon are like, yeah, these are cute. Uh, but on top of those new Pokemon, we also got the Box Art Legends, which uh, follows the pattern of the Sword and Shield release window as well. Uh, we got Zamazenta and Zacian and the last uh, or the second trailer for Sword and Shield. And this time we got to see Koridon and Miraidon, which are both kind of lizards or like Komodo dragon-y looking Pokemon. And I think they look pretty cool. I don't, I don't know what you think. <laughs> I just don't like it when Pokemon have uh, basically assets added onto them and it's supposed to be part of their body like jet engines or rubber wheels and stuff it just <laughs> looks weird because it doesn't look natural at all like how did this pokemon evolve to the, be th- this way it's a legendary but, it was created just kidding I don't ah, know. <laughs> it probably is going to end up being that way people keep saying that koridon is the ancient legend and i'm just i just keep staring at its rubber wheel i'm like how how does that how is that legend or ancient <laughs> like it's got rubber on it <laughs> I mean, we know that past Pokemon civilizations were very techno savvy, so who knows? <laughs> so maybe Maridon is the the ancient Pokemon. I mean, and Koridon is present. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They they look pretty cool. Um, they are definitely like based on motorcycles. <laughs> and uh, the Chinese Riddler actually came out not too long ago with one of his riddles. And the Chinese Riddler Riddler is well known for being quite accurate and correct with his Pokemon-based leaks. And he indicated that these Pokemon will have different forms that are writable. So that's why the motorcycle thing makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear about that. But just looking at their designs, I was like, all right, these are the master cycles. Like we're just (laughs) we're going into a open world game it's nintendo basically they're trying to rip off as much from breath of the wild as possible master cycles in breath of the wild here are your master cycles i think we're going to get these pretty early on in the game at least in the mid game yeah i can see that they'll be rideable in that way i mean that's typically what they do with modes of transportation in these games like you walk around for a while then you would get like a ride pokemon or the basic bicycle uh fairly early usually mid game so i mean it would make sense it's kind of weird though that like the box art legendaries would be collected mid mid game but considering they are for writing purposes i could see it happening well they could do like latios and latios thing from uh oris where oh yeah that's very true you didn't actually have them but they would just show up to help you out anyway uh we had a lot of writable pokemon in that regard in sun and moon as well yes and also in rcs so that's just kind of how pokemon does it um so they'll likely just be around they'll come and help you out and then eventually you'll catch them in the late game and force them to work for you (laughs) yeah if that's the case though if these are your writable pokemon um i don't normally use legends i throw them in the box and i'm just not interested because they're too overpowered 
But this might be the first Pokemon game where I actually choose the game based off of the box legends because I'd rather ride a bike with jet engines than a bike with rubber wheels. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one I want to make my main save because I'm definitely getting both. Um, I've already pre-ordered both games, but like Violet just seems so cool. But then again, if like you choose Violet because of the jet engine lizard, then I might just go Scarlet because... You know, I tend to pick the one that my friends aren't really going for because I honestly don't really care too much, especially yeah. when I have. Both. Well, in this game is going to matter the most, too, because it actually has more multiplayer features. True, true. Also, it was a bit ambiguous of whether or not we're going to start with all three starter Pokemon. Everyone's saying, well, it was probably just like part of a cutscene or something and you don't. But in the trailer, she says she's uh, your rival asks, are you these three's trainer? <laughs> yeah which that's a weird thing to put it into a trailer if you're not trying to like uh lead people into thinking that you're getting all three starters yeah i mean maybe the professor of the region runs in shortly after that and is like oh you found them they escaped from me you can have one i don't know <laughs> that's likely what it is yeah but i don't i mean it'd be cool if you got all three of them that means that you and i won't have to speed run the game <laughs> like three times so that we can all have the <laughs> all three pokemon to choose from we start with all three of them anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that said, though, in Sword and Shield, we spent all that time getting all three of them. And then, like, after the first gym, I was like, wow, these starters suck. And I just boxed <laughs> all of them. Yeah, but at least you had them for the decks. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's mostly what I care about. I I think I only used uh, Intellion and I boxed the other two in that playthrough. But honestly, I don't remember. I don't even know if I still have those Pokemon they might be my living decks copies of that. I, anyway, totally different aside. But uh, anyway, um, it will be interesting to see if we do get those three starters or not, because it is really, really confusing, which these trailers always are when they don't show enough information, just a little bit. Anyway. Yeah, Pokemon Company is really weird and they just make really ambiguous trailers and everyone's like, oh, are they doing something different? And then they never do anything different. It's always <laughs> the same thing anyway. So I don't even know why they make the trailers ambiguous, but yeah, it really interesting. They just like setting expectations a bit too high, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they will definitely want to buy these games. No, it's Pokemon. We're going to buy them anyway, but please try something new. Maybe. I don't know. So moving on uh, there. Usually is a new mechanic every game and is usually teased in this trailer. Right. We got and to see Dynamax in Sword and Shield's trailer, uh, the second trailer. And this one, we didn't see anything. So we might have seen something where there was light around a Pokeball. There's a lot of speculation around that. I don't know what information you gather out of that. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was like a crystal structure or like cracked glass. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I don't know. With this kind of pseudo theme of ancient versus... Uh, future maybe we're going to see ancient and future forms and we'll get those instead of say uh regional forms um and then maybe like your starters depending on which game you get their final evolution is dependent on what game it is so you get like an ancient or a future form of your starter but i don't think that they're going to be able to have you choose between the two for every pokemon that would have something like that because that would just be a lot of extra design right yeah, I mean, it could be a lot like Mega Evolution in the way that only a handful of Pokemon have that kind of split evolution. Uh, I guess they did that with Gigantamax Factor as well. Uh, I don't know. It's a really 
hard thing to pin down exactly how it would end up working too. Though I will say, Jordan, I forgot to mention this to you, but when you shared that with me, I shared it on another Pokemon server and somebody ended up replying and said, oh, someone that leaked like yesterday the actual names of the box art legends said a very similar mechanic was also part of the game. So ah, I don't know. Take man. that with a grain of salt. I should, I should start getting into fake leaks. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep I keep seeing all these like, oh yeah, little, little writable Pokemon and uh, ancient, <laughs> new forms or whatever. Whatever. I've just been playing Pokemon too long. I just, I read Game Freak's mind. <laughs> so anyway, whether that's like ancient forms with like the splits and stuff, it, it's really interesting. Uh, this mostly comes from the fact that there are a couple of big things that happen in the trailer and from the website that indicate this like theme of past versus future. Uh, the new professors, which by the way, are game exclusives. Like we've never had a professor be based on the game that you choose. It's usually just Pokemon version exclusives. Now you have to choose which professor you want to on top of the box art legend on top of the <laughs> exclusive Pokemon. So that's up to you, I guess. Um, their names are Sada and Turo. And Sada is very clearly the end of the word pasada, which in Spanish means the past. And Turo is the end of the Spanish word futuro, which means the future. So very clearly a past versus present or past versus future thing. You can also see it in the way that they dress. Um, Sada has like these kind of more torn cloth like looking clothes on underneath her lab coat. While Turo has like a cybernetic suit <laughs> underneath his lab coat, which I thought was really interesting. Um, uh, on top of that, we have Koridon and Miraidon, the two box art legends again. Uh, Korai in Japanese means ancient and Mirai in Japanese means uh, future. So very clearly a dynamic between past and future type uh, exploration. The website says that the professors are learning about some kind of ancient history, lore, legends, something uh, in the region. But I guess it kind of implies that they're doing different stories or different takes on the stories. I don't know. That part is really kind of shrouded in mystery. But anyway. Yeah. And the, and the the professor is usually researching about the mechanic of the game. Yes, exactly. So, so like Professor Elm was like researching eggs. Yep. For which was the new one in Pokemon 2. Uh, I don't want to go through all the rest of them. But yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we could. It's just kidding. <laughs> but are you telling me that the professors aren't named after trees this time? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, maybe there's a side of tree. I can look. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all the professors are named at trees up to this point. Maybe not in Sword and Shield. I don't remember that one. Well, when I search for Sada tree, an article on Sada and Turo show up. <laughs> like, very clearly people are looking for that. First, they break the Chinese Zodiac for the fire type, and now they break the naming convention of professors. Come on, Game Freak. We want to change, but we want, like, additional things added to the game, not things taken away. <laughs> give us back trees <laughs> <laughs> and make it look better than an n64 game yes <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think there actually are trees this article is way too long for me to read yeah even if the the gimmick is based off of future versus ancient i imagine there will be like an additional thing about that gimmick that we're not seeing yet um one idea is maybe all ancient types are unfortunately rock type and all futures are steel type and then 
<laughs> I mean, like all fossil Violet Pokemon is just have rock. Strictly the better version. <laughs> yeah. I mean, steel beats rock. So yeah, rock, rock the, did not get the good end of the stick there. But, and we already know that it's not like a new type because they already showed us the eight, the the circle with the eighteen types in the last trailer. So. Which is a shame. I It would have been so cool to add a new type. You know, the cosmic or light type that people have been wanting for so long. Plus, since it seems like... Type. Oh, motorcycle type, yes. That, that'll be the secondary type for the legendaries. <laughs> oh, no! The mechanic will be that you turn into motorcycles and jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Every Pokemon. Uh, uh, they'll all turn into different vehicles. They're Transformers now. Which makes me wonder, is the third legendary going to be based on a vehicle? Yeah, it'll be a tank. <laughs> it's not going to be a gun? <laughs> no, that was that was last game. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I am curious about the next, or the third legendary, because there's always a third. Except, I guess, in uh, Gens uh, 1 and 2, but th- those don't really count. I don't know what else there is to really say. Was there a third in Sword and Shield? Yeah, Eternatus. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't consider that as the third because it's so wildly different from the other two. Yeah, come on. It's a dragon that was so absurdly different wow, that Eternatus you're like, is this a Pokemon? completely left my memory. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Eternamax Eternatus, like the one with the giant hand coming from the sky. Right. That thing is so huge and its base stats are like higher than any Pokemon stats combined. It, it was nuts. There's a reason why that was only a story <laughs> version form. But yeah, Eternatus was the third legendary that Zacian and Zamazenta had to defeat, which was also kind of interesting because usually the third evolution. Well, I guess that's not true. Never mind. Um, sometimes the third evolution like defeats the main two or sorry, third legendary defeats the main two legendaries, but that's my whole end bias talking because that happens in (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Zygarde did nothing. No, Zygarde did nothing and Zygarde didn't get any time in the spotlight until sun and moon, the next generation. I don't remember the third, uh, legend in sun and moon. It was Necrozma. Right. The prism Pokemon. And it had more of a role in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon where Which it is stole the light. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, anyway. I don't feel bad about missing that game. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the better version to play. If you've never played Gen 7 and are looking to play Gen 7, I would say play Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, especially since it has better uh, post game content than Sun and Moon did. So it gives you more bang for your buck, in my opinion. But Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon should have been DLC to base Sun and Moon. And I will forever stand by that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to uh, Scarlet and Violet. Um, I don't know if there's much else to say about the mechanic. I'm sure we'll get a lot of, uh, I don't know, analysis where they're looking at four frames of the trailer for an hour. <laughs> I don't know. I think the, the third big trailer will go pretty heavily into the new mechanic. Yeah. Uh, which will be around July time. Yeah, I can see that. And the Pokemon news cycle always does a drip feed and then there's a trailer every like month or two. So, I mean, maybe they'll show us next week or whenever Nintendo's main direct is where no. they are like with do the summary thing and then they just show us the new mechanic there. But I doubt that. So the most information I think we'll get out of uh, Scarlet and Violet around this time is if Nintendo is going to do a treehouse after their direct and if it's played at the treehouse. Yeah, and then I can see that. They'll show us like the first like 
hour or so of the wild area and kind of go into like how you're able to uh, go to different gyms and they might show us the first two gyms and be like, you could do these out of order or whatever and all that. But I don't see anything beyond that. We'll probably get like some more route one Pokemon, like an early look at the uh, the bird that we'll probably be getting. There's probably not going to be a lot of Pokemon in the first route. It's probably going to be mostly repeats from previous generations. At least I'm hoping because when we get new Pokemon, I'd rather have them be interesting designs that are more focused on mid game and late game. Yes, I agree. Uh, we have enough early route Pokemon that you can easily fill out the early route. Just have enough to like make it feel like it's a new game still until we get to the, the real meat of the game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. We have the early route Pokemon now. We have three and that's enough to get us started. And the rest of them should be found in interesting areas. They should look a little bit more mature in design unless they add new babyish Pokemon or something. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see if they do show us some gameplay next week. Um, we might talk about it a little bit more after. And I say next week as if that's confirmed, but uh, after Nintendo's presentation thing that they're probably I don't doing. think it'll be next week. I think it's going to be the 14th still. Oh, yes. So it's two, two weeks away. That's right. I keep getting ahead of myself because suddenly it's June and I'm like, oh, yeah, next week is when Nintendo's going to do it. No, 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 no. It'll be the next yeah, week. <laughs> I, I think we'll get an announcement next week. Um, because this is typically their biggest direct of the year. And so they might announce it a week in advance. Right. They're going to let Pokemon be in the, the spotlight for a week and then they'll transition to the new cycle of what's going to be the next direct. Yeah, I think I saw um, on Twitter some company. I think it was Ubisoft, but I don't want to be quoted on that. Straight up just said we don't have any sort of June presentation plans. So this is definitely the week where companies will start finalizing those plans um, and letting us know yeah it'd either be ubisoft or ea right because we know sony is tomorrow at the time of recording of this like we're we're, we're recording on june 1st right so tomorrow is the state of play for sony uh and the 12th is microsoft and we're assuming that the 14th is nintendo and since bethesda is now tied in with microsoft that really only leaves ubisoft and ea and i don't think ea has any intention of ever doing uh, these big reveals anymore, especially since they already revealed like their big game this year with uh, what was it? Star Wars survive or something. I don't remember. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was the sequel is a sequel to fallen order. Yeah, I think it was Ubisoft if I remember correctly. But anyway, we'll probably get an announcement from Nintendo very soon. And that announcement will either be yes, we are doing something or no, we are not doing anything. Oh, I did kind of want to mention going back to Scarlet and Violet, um, because I know some of you folks out there are like, but David, aren't you like a lore head when it comes to Pokemon and understand way too much about the series? The answer to that is yes. And uh, talking about any lore that we got in the trailer, there's really not much to gleam off of it unless you do a deep dive into like background shots of towns and stuff, which it's too hard to make out anything at the Two pieces that we got beyond the box art legends and the new professors and potentially the new mechanic are that we saw a better, very intentional shot of the grapes and oranges. I, I know it's weird, <laughs> um, but there was like this big emblem on a pillar of an orange. And then on the other half of the shot, it was a grape. 
I think it's highly likely that the oranges are for Scarlet and the grapes are for uh, Violet, where they are like a version exclusive type thing. And it's hard to say exactly what they are. My initial thought is that they have something to do with the quote unquote evil team in this game or like the helper team that tends to not get in your way, but helps you because Pokemon has been doing that for the last couple of generations. Either way, it's really hard to say, and there really wasn't much lore. We didn't even get a region name, so. Obviously, the the types of fruit to determine what kind of wine is available in the game. That's all it is. <laughs> Orange wine? <laughs> Orange wine. <laughs> I saw so many people, they're like, why are they doing oranges? Oranges aren't even native to Spain. And I was like, but oranges are one of their huge crops. Like, just because it's not native there doesn't mean that it doesn't hold any significance to the country. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> just had to point that out. It's like saying Ireland can't have potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Just because the explorers of the world took them from Peru and put them in Ireland doesn't mean that they aren't part of Irish culture. Which, by the way, potatoes are from Peru. That's your fact for the day. Uh, <laughs> that isn't Nintendo related. Anyway, I would like to know more about the lore of these regions. I think that that's one of the most interesting parts about Pokemon is when we get some really cool stories about like the past or whatever based on the region. And honestly, Sword and Shield's story and lore were really lacking for me compared to previous regions. So I really hope that Scarlet and Violet kick it up a notch. Anyway, that's all I've got for lore. I don't know. Yeah, I'm interested in what the tower is, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, the tower is interesting. There's also the uh, like canyon and the water rock spire thing where the legendaries came from in the legendary part of the reveal. And when they revealed Zamazenta and Zacian in the Sword and Shield trailer, they were in the Slumbering Weld. So it's possible that that has something to do with where you find them or has some sort of significance I mean, legendaries are usually in kind of special places according to lore. So who knows? There's just not enough to go off of right now unless you're one of those theorists that makes YouTube videos for a living. <laughs> as long as the story is better than Sword and Shield. <laughs> well, I assume it has to be. I mean, one of the things about Pokemon is the second game on a console is always the better of the two. I mean, yeah, like Gen 2 was definitely better than Gen 1 at, well... Maybe not in terms of nostalgia factor, but in terms of how the game was made. <laughs> um, I, there wasn't much to say about the Game Boy Advance, but Black and White and Black 2 and White 2 were the better DS games compared to Sinnoh. Um, same with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, or Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon over X and Y. I imagine that's going to be the same case for Scarlet and Violet versus Sword and Shield. That's just kind of some speculation there that Game Freak kind of gets into the swing of things after they've done one game on a console. So you're saying Generation 10 is not going to be too great. Yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> it's possible, but I don't know. It's kind of weird that they didn't have two generations on the Game Boy Advance now that I think about it. Put them on the weird, even odd cycle. Well, yeah. When did uh, Generation 2 came out? That was 2000, if I remember. And then Generation 3 was 2003 then 2006. So it was still a three-year gap between each game. In right. fact, it's weird that Sinnoh and Black and White were on the same console because that was the longest gap. It was four years between the two. Yeah, very true. It's just the DS was out for so long and because and it was so successful. Plus, Diamond and Pearl kind of hit the early stride of the DS era. So I don't know. It's just weird that they've been able to squeeze two generations on every console except for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just they're, they're all spaced out by three years, except for between 
Gen 4 and Gen 5. I think that's the only four-year split. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's just how things timed out. Yeah. So Jordan, how are you feeling on Scarlet and Violet? Are you excited to get it? Do you think the games look good so far? Do you need more information? So I'm going to get it. And at the moment, I'm thinking Violet, but I'm going to determine that based off of what Pokemon we see in the end that are version exclusive. I don't care about the professors being version exclusive. You (laughs) You only talk to them twice. But I will say this game or this this trailer specifically brought my hype level down probably half a notch from where it was before just because of the art style and we haven't seen any pokemon to get really excited about yet did you think that maybe the art style they showed us in the first trailer a few months ago was like kind of a temporary thing uh i think it was just not as noticeable in the first trailer okay i can see that they did focus because i remember you talking about it and it just kind of going over my head like i don't know what you're you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) and it was a lot more noticeable this time um so i see what you were talking about in that last episode that we were talking about Yeah, I'm going to have to go listen to that and see what my actual thoughts were. I imagine that that art style will grow on me, but I am kind of disappointed that they went that way. Eh, whatever. But beyond that art style stuff, like, is there anything else that you need to know more about before you're like really into the games or something? Well, I need I need my bug Pokemon. Oh, yes. I need them to show (laughs) me my new uh, flagship bug Pokemon. And I need them to say, we made bug type, the, the S tier type for this game. Uh, <laughs> bugs have no weaknesses anymore, and they do super effective to everything. Oh, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Though it makes me wonder why Orbeetle was released last gen, when it's very clearly like a UFO futuristic Pokemon. It could have worked perfectly for this gen. Uh, let's be real. Pokemon's theming is more of sub themes. They're not really like the main themes of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. <laughs> I mean, I, I can echo a lot of your sentiments about the games. I am really looking forward to them because a new Pokemon game is just exciting to me. Uh, like I said, I'm disappointed that this is the final direction for the art style, though. I do think that the Pokemon models look awesome. The close ups, even though they were likely the like pre-rendered videos that play to show off what the starter Pokemon are, uh, they look really great. Um, Sprigatito looks absolutely adorable, and I will probably choose Sprigatito as my like main starter if we have to make that choice. I think it's interesting that we're doing open world. I'm very excited for the nonlinearity of the game story progression. I think that's going to be really interesting, and I hope that it's pulled off well. I will say, though, that I am nervous about how the whole story itself will play out with the nonlinearity. Considering Sword and Shield was a very linear game and the story just did not do it for me, it makes me worried about how an open world is going to just (laughs) not work for Game Freak storytelling. Yeah, yeah, they might just not even try this game. (laughs) (laughs) That's my guess. Honestly, they're just going to just not even try. I hope that we're wrong. I hope that the story is really good and they go back to storytelling like they did in like black and white and even sun and moon to a degree. The sun and moon story at least had some really great villain and character development. Um, But I mean, I just I still think that black and white story is still like the top tier of (laughs) Pokemon storytelling, yeah. which is so well, long they, ago. They tried. <laughs> yeah, they actually tried. <laughs> they put effort. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think the new legendaries look pretty cool. Um, they are going to take some time to sink in. Yes, I do agree that they have those accessories that are just like kind of weird for a Pokemon, but I think they'll grow on me. I like a lot of these new Pokemon, and I'm just excited to see where the series goes. I'll probably be a Pokemon fan forever, no matter what. 
So I don't know. But that doesn't mean that we can't criticize Game Freak. Okay, just because we are going to buy the games and just because you're going to buy the games, listener, doesn't mean that you can't look at something and say, I wish they would make this better. (laughs) Honestly, we criticize it because we're interested in it. Exactly. I don't I don't criticize Assassin's Creed because I don't even know what's going on in that series. Right, right, exactly. I mean, the Pokemon media brand is worth like over a hundred billion dollars. They stopped reporting the amount of money that they make in 2019 because it was getting to be too much. Pokemon's the biggest media franchise in the world, and I think that they can hire another team just to do visual polish and like crushing of bugs and stuff while the main core game freak team can give us all the cool new pokemon designs can hammer through the story and really make things just you know awesome but i don't know i don't know if game freak will ever do that people will buy pokemon forever because it's pokemon and they continue to make games and they continue to sell well but i love the series so much i just want to see it even better than it currently is It's still pretty surprising that they are sticking to the three year cycle for this game when we just went through a pandemic and they honestly probably could have skipped this year because Arceus was holding up the franchise on its own just fine. Right. Though we also have to remember that Pokemon is a global machine (laughs) where they have multiple moving pieces like the card games, the merchandise, the like Pokemon Center theming, the anime, all of that relies on Game Freak, who very clearly has like the creative rights (laughs) to making new Pokemon and new regions. It all depends on their next generation of games to keep those pieces moving with new content. So, I mean, I think they could have done a four year break, especially since they've done it before. But I guess things were just too far in motion for them to slow down. I don't know. I know Game Freak probably doesn't want to hear this, but it's probably getting to the point where they need to bring on a second team like how Call of Duty does it. And they just here's the Game Freak game. Here's the I don't know, uh, some other studio game or whatever. And they just alternate and people are like, well, the Game Freak one is typically the better one or whatever. And here's the Black Ops or whatever <laughs> of Pokemon. But. Yeah, <laughs> I think that could work really well. Um As far as I could tell in like some basic research, it seems like Masuda is the one that is kind of pushing for the Game Freak studio to remain small and to keep small teams on the projects. Like he said in an interview a couple years ago that he would even rather have the teams be smaller than they are because he's worried about too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever the real phrase he uses was. But Masuda actually stepped down this week from Game Freak as one of their like managers and is now working as like, I think it's a creative consultant for the Pokemon Company International. So maybe with him moving away from Game Freak itself, the management of Game Freak now will feel that they can make the teams larger or something. I don't know. It, it's hard to say for sure. And I don't know if it's like a company thing that is present with yeah. all employees in management, but may, maybe this is a, a sign for the future. I don't know. Masada has done a lot of good things for Pokemon, but I'm always excited to hear whenever Nintendo's old guard stepped down for uh, new blood to come into taking control of the franchises. Right, right. Like, I think that it was Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon where they got like a new set of directors and the games just felt so vastly different from X and Y and it was refreshing. So. It'd be nice to see more of that happen. I mean, even like Mario Odyssey really benefited from kind of the old guard stepping down as well. Yeah. So 
it, it's exciting, I think, to see where the future is going to take us. Um, again, Pokemon has been a fantastic series. We love it very much, but it, it'll be really cool to see where it goes in the future. And honestly, Jordan, I think we'll look back on this episode and this part of the discussion and be like, yeah, we were right. Or we were totally wrong. And Pokemon has stayed at the exact same level it's always been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to predict that it stays exactly the same. Pokemon does not change much. There's reckoning in the rest of Nintendo to change things up and to kind of redesign everything going forward. But I don't see that from Pokemon anytime soon. As much as Nintendo might pressure them, they're just going to keep printing money the way they've always printed money until it stops printing money. And at that point, it might be too late for them to change. I don't know. We're doing wild speculation with... And we're not economists, so <laughs> anyway. Well, is there anything else you want to add about Pokemon, uh, Scarlet and Violet? No, I think I'm good. Cool. Well, thank you so much, dear listener, for listening to this discussion of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Honestly, we talked about it longer than I thought we would for a three-minute trailer, but I think we had some uh, good discussion, don't you think, Jordan? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's always good to talk about Pokemon. Absolutely. And we'll definitely talk about it more as we get closer, because... I guess that's just what we do is talk a lot about topics that we're passionate about. Anyway, be sure to uh, leave the podcast review or a comment on YouTube or a thumbs up. Uh, Doing so will let all of the services and algorithms know that uh, people are enjoying the show and will help other people find it as well. That'll just help us grow and reach more folks so that we can continue making episodes like this for you to listen to. You can also join our Discord by going to nintenfusion.com slash discord. That'll direct you right into our Discord server where you can talk about Pokemon or any other Nintendo topic with us. And we'd be happy to have you join our little community. Uh, With all of that said, I don't think there's anything else to add. So thank you so much again for listening one more time. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. See ya.